You're listening to the Hub City Church Podcast. To learn more about Hub City Church, including our gathering times, you can check out our website at albanyhubcity.com. Good morning. So, we're about to experience the birth of the Christ child, and the heavenly hosts shout out to all creation, peace on earth, and goodwill towards men. I think of all the different ways in which you know, the arrival of the Christ child might have been announced. I mean, maybe, maybe it should have been, bow before the king before you. Uh, or maybe it should have been, wow. <laughs> no? But, but the Bible records that all the heavenly hosts said, peace on earth goodwill towards men. What do you think the shepherds thought when they heard that? What do you think the people of that time thought when they heard that proclamation, that welcome, that announcement of, of Jesus' coming? You know, I can imagine that some people might have thought, yes, finally we're going to throw off the oppressive Roman occupation. We're going to find peace there. Or perhaps, you know, maybe we're done with King Herod, and, 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 and we'd like to move on to, to, you know, something less onerous in terms of government. Or maybe they were just looking for tax relief. What did they think that their peace would come from? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray that as we anticipate this celebration of your coming as the Christ child, we will now hear the words of the heavenly host who long ago first sang peace on earth and that together we will open our hearts and ourselves to the spirit who calls us into that peace even today. Amen. So this whole topic reminds me of the 60s. Okay, yes, I'm old enough. Um, you know, there's an old joke about the 60s that says, oh, you old guys are smiling, says, you know, if you can remember the 60s, you weren't there. Well, I was there. I was young, but I was there, and I remember. And one of the things I remember is that the 60s were about a whole lot more than drug, sex, and rock and roll. There was a searching for something at that time. What were they searching for? They're searching for peace. I remember. It was in the midst of the Vietnam War. A war that was hard for people to understand. And we thought that peace would come if we could just end this war. We had differences of opinion about the leadership of our country at that point. Significant differences, even more than today, believe it or not. There were protests on our campuses, there were riots. It seemed disruptive, 
but people were seeking peace in that moment. I think it was a time in which we were beginning to talk about seriously peace between the races, peace between the genders. And we thought if we could just achieve equality, we'd have peace. It was also the era of Timothy Leary, if anybody remembers that. A time when we thought that maybe, maybe through drug-induced enlightenment, we would find peace. But you know, at the end of that decade, peace seemed even more elusive. We experienced the drug-related deaths of a number of our sort of leaders of that time. I mean, you can think of Jimi Hendrix as a leader, or Janis Joplin, or Jim Morrison. Uh, they all died. In some sense, a pursuit of that peace. We saw the assassinations of Martin Luther King Jr. and of Bobby Kennedy. The peace that we were seeking in that moment was not to be found. But at that same time, there was another movement. We call it I don't know what we called it then, but now we call it the Jesus Movement. Okay? There was a group of people that began to recognize something that's always been true. Peace will not be found in the things of this world. Peace was going to be found in the person of Jesus Christ. If you haven't seen the movie, The Jesus Revolution, it's a, it's a very nice remembrance of, of how this all started. Eventually, about 1965, we saw the emergence of a very specific entity, Calvary Chapel. And it's not an accident that that movement chose the peace dove as its symbol. Even today, if you think about it, the ways in which we worship here and now are strongly influenced by that change, by that emergence of a grassroots discovery that peace came from God, from a relationship and not from anything in this world. You know, it took 25 years to write these words, but I find these words of DC Talk to be summative of this moment. It says, what was true then, and is still true today, and the truth that the angels proclaimed when they sang out the announcement of Jesus' birth 2,000 years ago, is this. You'll never find peace of mind in the pool of self. You'll never find a peace of mind in the sea of wealth. You'll never find peace of mind in the rock and roll. And you will never find peace of mind if you sell your soul. We find peace and I with Jesus in our lives. 
the peace that was announced at Jesus' birth, and it is ours to receive even today, is not to be found in or through any of the provisions or powers of this world. You know, I'm reminded of Jesus' words in front of Pilate at the end of his life. He says in John 18, 36, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is of another place. Like the kingdom itself, God's peace is not of this world, but is nonetheless ours to receive in this world through Jesus. There are some verses that remind us of this. I want to go through a few of them. John 14, 27, it reads, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Right there, Jesus makes clear that whatever he's talking about, peace, it isn't the peace that the world gives. It is the peace that we find in him. He goes on to say something in John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. What powerful words. We find peace in him, and we're confident in that because he assures us that whatever we experience in this world, he's already overcome it. Pretty amazing, pretty powerful words. In Psalm 23, and I'm going to read a section of it, but, Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. I love this part of that psalm that is probably the one most, most of us know. Um, because it tells me something about peace. It tells me, and I like the way it's phrased, yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say, oh, hypothetically, if you happened to have walked through the shadow of death. He doesn't, he doesn't say, oh, for example, what if somebody happened to... He says, yea, though I walk through. It's a description of his life. I am walking through the batter of the shadows of death. But I'm at peace. Why? Because my God is there with me. Wow. We experience peace not in the circumstances that surround us, not in our powers, not in our politics, not in our provisions, not in anything, except through the assurance that God is with us. I want to consider a couple other verses. In the Psalms, a place we often turn to for messages not just a few. Psalms 29, 11. The Lord gives his people strength, strength to his people. 
the Lord blesses his people with peace. Again, there are a whole lot of other things that God blesses us with. But at core, it's the peace that we find in him. What reassurance. John. In Psalms 85, 11, I will listen to what the Lord God says. He promises peace to his people. Not by accident. Promise. We in him will find peace. Or in Psalms 4, 8. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Again, I think back to the 23rd Psalm. It is in safety because my Lord is with me that I can lay down and sleep in peace, in peace. I don't know about you, but uh, I don't sleep well frequently. You know, I have all kinds of things, and I probably should read this verse more often just so I can lay down and sleep in peace, please. Uh, probably work better than melatonin, you know? Um, Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Again, we place our trust in the God who is present, who is with us, who is among us, who is in us, and in that trust alone we find peace. And last, Turn to Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, make known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus, Christ Jesus. Now, there's a lot of way of thinking about that, but what I like to think about it is a peace that surpasses all understanding. Okay, I, I have this limitation. I have a hard time sort of grabbing onto things I don't understand. I don't get it. How can that be? How can peace come from there? And yet, one of the things that I think God calls us to, and certainly in this verse calls us to, is that, you know, Maybe we don't understand everything about God. And we let go of the need to understand everything about God. And we simply enter into a relationship with God. And it's in that moment that we go, there's the peace that passes understanding. There it is. There it is. Peace has been in the history of Jesus. First, of course, his announcement is about peace. But if we drop, drop to the end of his life, in fact, his next life, John 20, every time Jesus appears to the disciples, what does he say? He says, peace be with you. Catch that when you read it? Every time. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. That is the way in which he 
introduces. That is the way in which he enters. At the beginning, at, his at the birth, but also in his resurrection. Peace be with you. And he enters. You know, and the promise of peace extends all through Jesus' life, but beyond his life as well. Um, and I think, for me, one of the ways, and I, and I sort of miss this, I'll, I'll be honest, but I was reading, and I go, you know what? The Apostle Paul starts every single one of his books with the words, grace and peace to you. No matter who he's writing, even when he's writing the Corinthians that he wants to scold a little bit, you know, he starts with grace and peace to you. Paul gets that at the core of all of this that we share is the peace of God. So I'm going to ask you to do something. There's a little participation you get, and it's going to require you to stand up. So, and uh, for those of you who uh, might have some history in a little uh, more liturgical church, uh, come on, stand up. Come on, okay. There are hundreds of thousands of churches today who do something called passing the peace or sharing the peace. I'm going to ask you to do the same, even as Jesus did, even as Paul did. All it requires of you is to turn to the person next to you, maybe more than one, and say something like, the peace be with you. And the other person can respond with, peace be with you, or also with you. I want you to try that. <laughs> well, thank you. Does that feel okay? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, formally, informally, it's something we should do. Extend peace to each other. This is part of our calling as Christians. So let me remind you where our peace comes from. And I want to use the passage from Isaiah chapter 11 to give you a biblical image that I hope that might be a place in which you might start a time of reflection, which we're going to go into. So here it is. The wolf will live with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them, and the cow will feed the bear, and the young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like an ox. And the infant will play in the cobra's den, and the young child will put his hands into the viper's nest, and they will neither harm nor destroy, destroy on my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. Last phrase, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. Where does our peace come from? The knowledge of the Lord. I want to invite you into a time of meditation now. And as you do, I want to suggest that you consider these things. What does the word peace mean to you? Where does your peace come from? And how and where and when do you most experience this peace? And 
how do you share that peace with others? Let me pray. Lord God, the author and giver of all true peace, in these moments of meditation, we ask that you meet us in our lives, in our thoughts, and in our hearts, where we need you, your peace most. Amen. I invite you to have about 15 minutes of time for you to listen. We'll have music and some verses. But consider the place of peace in your life, peace in your relationship with each other and with God.